Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rookie Rundown. Guys, as always, it is your host, Dallas. You can find me on Twitter at Salad Galore. And we're going with a quick hitter this week. We are going to be talking about my rookies that have impressed and distressed me. Um, We are officially two weeks in the books right now, except for the Monday night game. But there's no one on the rookie front that I really care to talk about on Detroit or Green Bay. Um, Amon Ra is disappointing. That is not a shocker to me. I don't have him anywhere, and I wasn't taking him anywhere. So we're not going to talk about him. Um, But I've got a couple, both normal offensive rookies, as well as two IDP players that are impressing me based off of my preseason ranks and distressing me based off of my preseason ranks. So we are just going to go ahead and jump right into this week's episode with my impressive players. This should be a shocker to no one, but my first impressive player is the league-wide leading in all formats, fantasy football rookie Rondell Moore. He is currently leading all rookies in fantasy points in PPR and half-point PPR, um, the most prominent scoring settings you could have. And that is on one of the smallest snap percentage shares out of any player in the NFL right now. He is sitting at a 29% snap share, so under a third of the total offensive snaps for his team, which is saying something because the Arizona Cardinals are currently third in the league in offensive snaps. Um, Only playing 29% of the snaps, he has seen 13 targets, turned those 13 targets into a 93% catch rate of 11 receptions, For 182 yards, one touchdown through the air, still hasn't seen any rushing work or screen work, which is kind of surprising, but he is currently sitting at 14.3 yards per uh, yards after the catch after reception that is league leading, not rookies league leading by over four yards after the catch, even more than Debo Samuel, everyone's favorite yak monster. He has turned all of those statistics into 34 fantasy points over the first two weeks, averaging 17 points a pop. Impressive. I was big on Rondell Moore in the offseason. He was one of my buys, both in the preseason as well as after week one that I talked to you guys about, both in the Patreon and on the podcast. And that is continuing. The small snap share is the only concern that I have, but it's not shocking for a rookie. He wasn't a first round pick. He wasn't immediately going to take over a lion's share of targets with incumbents like DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk on the team. They've brought in AJ Green, who's continuing to see a large target share in the offense, but is being extremely inefficient with said targets. I see his role being diminished over the course of this season. Rondell is going to continue to impress, and if his snap percentage starts to go up, his efficiency may go slightly down 
with his overall usage, but his overall usage in the offense, i.e. targets, i.e. carries, is going to be quite impressive, guys. I'm extremely excited to see what he is going to do. His rookie season right now has the potential to shape up in a very similar way to what we saw with Tyreek Hill's rookie season. Now I'm going to preface this once again, as I always do. This is not a Tyreek Hill is Rondell Moore and Rondell Moore is Tyreek Hill conversation that I'm having with you. I'm just referring to the overall usage. It was a slow progression throughout the offseason, throughout the regular season for Tyreek Hill. There was a lot of special teams usage, which Rondell is still seeing in the punt game and the overall electric nature of their games is a similar capacity he's being used in the offense as the security blanket on third down by kyler murray meaning that he's taking over that tight end void that we've been searching for in arizona hoping that they were going to take up and that we saw in kind of a limited fashion with dan arnold last year so it's quite exciting to see that type of usage that kind of security connection with kyler murray this early in the season as well as his deep threat ability flashing, i.e. what we saw in this last week's game against Minnesota. He's leading all rookies in fantasy points, like I said, and it's just arrows up all the way to the freaking moon with Rondell Moore for me. My second impressive player in this rookie class thus far through the first two weeks is Mac Jones. Um, No shocker to anyone, he's sitting at 100% snap share for his team. Cam Newton was sent off prior to the beginning of the season. Mac Jones steps in and has been nothing short of extremely efficient and reliable from the QB position. He is currently leading all rookies in QBR and fantasy points. The only concern that we have with him is his low overall touchdown production. Um, He only has one passing touchdown throughout the two games of the season, but that will come as he gains rapport with his weapons. And honestly, if some of the drops stop happening, he's had a couple of deep shots that have been dropped thus far this season. He's had a couple of extremely good drives, but as soon as they get within the five, because Mr. Damian Harris, the monster running back for the New England Patriots, has been so damn efficient on the ground. They just give him the ball two to three times, and he's almost guaranteed to get into the end zone through the first two games. It's been extremely fun to watch this offense. Uh, The defense kicked it into overdrive versus the Jets this last weekend, which kind of leans into another player I'll talk about in a little bit, foreshadowing. But watching Mac Jones play, he's completed 51 of his 69 attempts, That is equaling over 30 attempts per game. They're not leaning just on the run. This offense is actually outproducing most other offenses in the league. They're number two right now in the total offensive play volume. It's pretty nuts coming from a Bill Belichick offense to have that much play on offense as opposed to leaning on the defense, but their team has just been extremely efficient. They're doing long methodical methodical drives, similar to what we used to see with Tom Brady in New England. And, He knows when to take his big shots. That's what's actually been showing the most when I'm watching these highlights, when I'm watching the games from New England. He's taking them in prime situations. He's not taking horrible risks, but he is pushing the ball downfield more than you would expect from a guy who really doesn't have that crazy arm talent that everyone searches for, that super risky mentality that everyone searches for. But guess what? He's a smart player. He's efficient, and he's decisive with the ball. He has the big play sprinkled in, and if he can up those touchdowns over the course of this season, his floor, which is already extremely stable, could become closer to his overall ceiling, which is extremely enticing from the position. So he's my number two impressed player. Flipping over to my last impressive player of the first two games of the season, it is a IDP player. 
I'm looking at Odafe Owe. He is the defensive lineman, outside linebacker hybrid for the Baltimore Ravens. He was their first overall selection in this year's draft, and he has been a monster. So far, he has a much larger role than I initially anticipated. I thought he was going to have to be worked in as a situational pass rusher just due to his overall rawness. Uh, The biggest knock on him coming into the league was his lack of overall sack production. He didn't actually have a single sack in college, which is pretty wild, but his pressure rate was insane. His athleticism was his trademark, and that's something that we've seen through the first two weeks. The dude ran a sub 4-4 as a defensive end outside linebacker hybrid. That is insane for a guy that weighs 270 pounds. He is a freak of nature athletically, and it's been dominant. So far in this season, he's seeing 48% of the snap share, so a little bit under half of the defensive snaps, which is on par with what you see with a lot of the big-time pass rushers, the Khalil Max, the Von Millers. That's quite in par. Uh, defensive linemen actually don't play as many snaps as a lot of people think they do. If you don't pay attention to that, There's your little nugget of knowledge for the day. Um, In two games, he's seen six tackles, produced one sack, two forced fumbles, as well as a forced fumble recovery. That's turned into standard IDP scoring, according to Sleeper, to 27 fantasy points. That is actually second among all defensive players, only behind Micah Parsons. That's pretty wild coming from a rookie, guys. It's a lot of extreme efficiency. He's averaging 13.5 points per game right now, and he only has 7% ownership currently in IDP leagues. That's nuts. If he's out there, you need to immediately put in your waiver claims in all IDP leagues for him. Um, That's someone that I'm pushing a large portion of my uh, fab budget this year, specifically for um, he's locked into a role. He's locked into production and him falling back into coverage quite a few times due to his athleticism gives him those possibilities for the interceptions, pass breakups, that type of thing to actually come to fruition later on in the season. So this extremely stable floor, matched with these insane big plays, these athleticisms. Anyone that was watching the Kansas City-Baltimore game on Sunday night understands what I'm talking about. The dude was in the backfield constantly, constantly. And it's not like Casey's offensive line isn't good. They have a lot of big boys on that offense. But guess what? Speed kills the big offensive linemen, and that's exactly what Odafe Owe brings to the overall lineup. Extremely impressed. Go out and acquire him. It should be easy to acquire him specifically in IDP leagues. And I'm extremely excited to see where his overall projection maps out over the whole year. Going into the players that are distressing me, I once again have three more quick hitters, guys. We're going to keep this just short and sweet podcast. The number one player that is distressing me is one of my favorite players. It's Mr. Elijah Moore with the New York Jets. This offense is rough right now, uh, and a large portion of it has to do with the quarterback, Zach Wilson. Um, I wasn't big on him coming into the season. I have yet to see anything that is impressing me right now. The connection that we were hearing about all offseason with Elijah Moore prior to his mild injury in the preseason camp is nowhere to be found right now. He is seeing almost 90% of the snap share with Jamison Crowder out but he is not capitalizing on that snap share percentage with the offense and his overall target volume through two weeks. He's seen 12 targets caught five of them. One of which was for negative two yards and has produced a total of 44 yards on offense, a total of eight fantasy points from a player with the second leading target share out of all rookies this season behind who anyone guess anyone, anyone, It is behind Jalen Waddell, actually. A little bit of a shocker for you if you didn't know. But 
eight fantasy points is not what you're looking for. He cannot get a rapport with Wilson at all. And the offense is anemic outside of garbage time, what we've seen in the games through the first two weeks. He's not capitalized, like I said, on uh, Jameson Crowder's absence at all. And with him coming back, it's something that could extremely hamper his season-long projection for a guy that I was assuming to have a massive role out of the get-go, especially with this injury and absence of the go-to slot guy. But coming with that mentioning of the slot position, slot role, that's not for some reason how the Sala and LaFleur offense is using him. They're using him as a deep threat for some reason, and he is not the go-to deep threat type. He eats based off of his footwork, his route running, in a very similar role to what we would see with a guy like Jerry Judy, but they aren't using him like that. Most of his targets are deep targets, which leads to a confusion as to why the offensive coordinators are using him how they are, and probably a large reason why there's disconnect. Um, he's extremely good at working in space, but he doesn't have any elite speed for the deep target. So a lot of the deep targets he's seen, a lot of the overall targets, there's some videos out there you can actually go and watch. Um, I'll try and post some in the Patreon group once I get off the pod. But uh, a lot of the deep targets that he sees, he's getting initial separation. But by the time the ball gets to him, the cornerbacks are draped all over him, immediately pressuring him. Because he doesn't have that breakaway speed. That's not how he's used. He's used as an electric, shifty player, kind of what we see from a Cooper Cup, where if you hit him in the middle, he will work out some space for himself, but you have to get the ball in his hand, and that's just not how they're using him. It's very uh, extremely frustrating and extremely uh, confusing to me overall right now as to why they're doing that. Um, It's something that is distressing me quite a bit in that I am very curious to see as um, to how his role changes once Jameson Crowder comes back. But uh, I'm much more uneasy about my predictions for Mr. Elijah Moore going forward in the 2021 season than I was before the season started. Going on to my second most distressed player, it is a guy um, I'm, I've am i been a contrarian against him pretty much all preseason, all of the lead up to uh, the preseason and the offseason, and that's Mr. Javante Williams. Um, I understand that we're very excited with a snap breakdown. He's actually seen exactly 50% of the offensive snap share with a guy like Melvin Gordon, the offense, but he's been extremely inefficient with said touches. He's turned 29 total touches, a split up of 27 carries and two receptions into only 115 total yards, zero touchdowns. He's producing 3.9 yards per touch, not per reception, not per carry. And it's only good for 12 fantasy points and half PPR standings. He is extremely disappointing with seeing literally 30 touches throughout the first two games. He's being outproduced by a guy like Kenny Gainwell, who I'm extremely not high on. It's extremely confusing to me. He's inefficient. There's been no big runs. His longest total touch of the offseason and not the offseason, the season thus far through two weeks has been 16 yards. Other than that, he's actually only had two yards that have uh, two runs that have eclipsed 10 yards. So looking at Javante Williams, it's very confusing. He's not getting any of the third down work, which is what we expected due to his pass blocking chops. And that's due to the fact that his pass catching chops thus far have been far less exciting or enticing than what we're seeing from a guy like Melvin Gordon. So split is still there that we've been wanting to see, but he isn't outperforming his counterpart with a lot of the work, equal share of the work. So it's a little bit concerning based off of where he was drafted, those projections. I understand that everyone wants to basically assume that he's going to take over towards the end of the season, that they're saving him. I get it. 
it could still happen, but it's distressing me. I do have him in a couple of leagues. I haven't been just writing him off. It's just one of those things where I'm not going to reach for him. Um, I do see his role obviously increasing down the road. He was still my RB3 in the class. But guys, it's still extremely concerning to me, his overall usage this year. If you're banking on him for a contendership for the title – I don't think you're going to get very far uh, hoping to use him, basically. Um, I would really, really, really advise any of you that are currently starting him in the flex position, hoping for a garbage kind of touchdown, which he has yet to get you, um, that you are not going to use him early on in the season. He's a sit him till he proves it kind of guy for me. I'm extremely distressed with his overall production based off of the usage. Similar vein, I was kind of debating whether or not I wanted to talk about him or Najee Harris. Um, Najee Harris's only redeeming quality thus far the season through two games has been his pass usage and his efficiency in the pass game. His running has been absolutely atrocious. Um, both of these guys are very concerning, but yeah, Javante Williams, I'm very distressed with. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out in the future, but as of right now, I'm staying away. My last distressful player is a guy who I pegged as a buy who I told you guys I was high on and I was excited for. He was high in my overall season rankings. And that was based off of his profile. But through two weeks in IDP, Mr. Zabin Collins with the Arizona Cardinals is looking like 2021's version of the Arizona Cardinals' Isaiah Simmons from 2020. Uh, He's not getting the snap share. He's only seeing 22% of the snaps from the inside and outside linebacker position on the team as a total. He's being outperformed by extremely slow, less athletic, but more in tune to the game linebackers. And I don't know why. Um, When he's on the field, he shows the athleticism, the rundown capability, everything like that. But what he's lacking currently is that he's doing nothing special on defense. He has no pass breakups. His coverage skills have been suspect. His run skills have been suspect. His overall lines that he's making to the tackle have been You guessed it, suspect. In that 22% snap share, he's only totaled three tackles across two games with zero anything else. Um, In standard scoring, you're looking anywhere from six to eight fantasy points, which just is not feasible. And he's a guy who, depending on your platform, does have that hybrid capability of being played as the linebacker or the defensive end position. So Zayvon Collins right now is an extreme concern for me. He's been a liability all over the field. And is disappointed with the recognition. He needs some time to develop. But like I said, I'm very concerned that he is going to be this year's Isaiah Simmons. Um, there's something about this Arizona Cardinals staff where they want the sure-handed linebackers in the middle. I can't hate it because they've been pretty efficient. Um, minus this last game, uh, they were getting carved up in the middle by Mr. Jamar, uh, not Jamar Chase, by Mr. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Uh, pretty much. It was free range across the middle of the field just based off these linebackers. I say Zaya Simmons has been consistent against the run this year, which is his biggest reason why he wasn't actually playing last year. But Zayvon Collins hasn't been helping. Isaiah Simmons and his defense are trying to lock down the run as much as possible, but they're very susceptible through the air. Um, through two weeks, it's kind of been one big blowout, one big stranglehold in that defense. And if Zayvon Collins doesn't prove that he can improve his overall vision and open field coverage, He's not going to see an expanded role this season. He's not going to be a asset for you in 2020. Um, it may be nice as a low buy, uh, a buy low candidate. Sorry, a little confusing buy low candidate for later on in the season or in next off season, hoping for that year to jump. But right now, I'm extremely distressed 
from an IDP standpoint in here. Um, his roster percentage is closer to 40% in IDP leagues, so it's a little bit concerning. Um, again, that's just, the stats for IDP ownership are a little bit weird on a lot of the apps just based off the fact that um, sometimes IDP rosters are not very big, so you're not going to roster rookies. Um, but if you own a large IDP roster like I do in my two that I own, uh, you're looking for the rookies that can immediately make impacts. And Mr. Zavin Collins out of Arizona is not looking like he's going to be one of those guys. This may be one of those little awkward uh, suggestion pieces I gave you guys that might be an L, and I might have to take it on the chin for this year, but we will see in time. Overall, this has been my impressed and distressed week two review through first two weeks of the season for you guys. As a reminder, I'm extremely impressed with Mr. Rondell Moore from the wide receiver position in Arizona, Mr. Mac Jones at the quarterback position in New England, and Odafe Owe, the dynamic edge linebacker out of Baltimore. And I am becoming exceedingly distressed with Mr. Elijah Moore, the Moore number two that I was actually higher on in the preseason than Mr. Rondell Moore. Javante Williams, the running back out of Denver, and Mr. Zavin Collins out of Arizona. Guys, it's a pleasure. You can catch me this week. I will actually be with Mr. Kyle on the start-sit segment. I'm going to be doing quite a bit more redraft work for you guys. Um, My picks thus far through two weeks, even though I haven't been on the show, um, have been pretty consistent. Uh, I'm excited to talk some more content with you guys, and this has been the quick hitter on the Rookie Rundown. As always, I am Dallas, and until next week, Have a wonderful NFL experience going into week three. Bye, guys. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak.